enjoy each other and just have a great time uh, just, just building our relationships and, uh, and all of that. So we're in a series called Hashtag Blessed. And, um, and as we're going through this month, we're looking at what it really means to be blessed. And I'm excited. Um, I like every week's messages, but next week we're going to finish and focus in on the Apostle Paul's teaching where he says a phrase like this. He says, I've learned to have everything, and I've learned to have nothing. And I've basically, from, from one end of the spectrum to the other, I've learned how to know that I am blessed. And so the fact that he has been able to, Paul was somebody who gave his life over to the Lord, had a powerful conversion experience. But it's important that as we look at the heroes of the Bible, that nobody there is set apart as having something that we can't also get from God. And so, so it, there's, a, there's a, a role there that we want to follow, that we want to see that modeled uh, for us and take that into our own life. I want to live a life that no matter what's in my hand or not in my hand, that I know that I'm blessed. And so uh, that, that can take you through everything. That can take you through going through your own difficult season. And some of the hardest seasons I've been through in my, in my life are when somebody I care about is going through a difficult time, right? So you carry that weight, and, and, and you don't see it. And, and so next week, we're going to zero right down into bedrock, into God's word on, on how to live a life that we know we're blessed. So we're looking, what does it really mean? And, and uh, so far on Sundays, we've checked the Twitter feed, and we've been looking. We're looking at all the Twitters. And, uh, and if you've seen some recent movies, that's funny. But anyways, check the latest Twitter feed on what people are saying is hashtag blessed, and, and some of them are amusing. Here's nice and sweet. Thank God for allowing me and my loved ones to be able to see yet another day that wasn't promised. Hashtag blessed. Somebody say aw. Here we go. we got a dog lover here. Perfection! Exclamation point. Hashtag dog ant. Hashtag blessed. Somebody is way too excited about their niece or nephew's dog. Oh, here we go. You can, I, you can tell I looked yesterday. Happy Saturday. Hashtag B. Hashtag blessed. There you go. Oh, we got any proud moms in the house? Depending on how my kids are acting, uh, maybe you're not going to sound this mushy. This is pretty mushy. Always and forever, hashtag motherhood, hashtag mother of angels, hashtag mother of daughters, hashtag mother of two, hashtag blessed, hashtag grateful, happy, hashtag happiness, hashtag thank you, God. That just wore me out. Here we go. I just had a moment at the store. My bill was almost $160. Instinctively, my heart raced, and I started to think of things I could put back. But I don't have to do that. It's in my budget, and I knew that, but I still panicked. LOL, I realized how far I've come by myself. Hashtag blessed. Our first message was on the spirit of mammon, that spirit that attaches itself to money that says, I don't need God. Right? Did you hear that in that phrase? I got here on my own, thank you very much, right? A windy day, oh, this is this will just make us all mad. A windy day at the hashtag beach, Thursday, still a piece of heaven, hashtag coast, half hashtag blessed, boo. Success comes to those who are willing to work harder than the rest, hashtag blessed. This is one of my favorites. Girl Scout cookies, hashtag blessed. My favorite for the week, 
La vending, machi- la vending machine del trabajo mi tiro dos papitas. Hashtag blessed. Translation, the vending machine at work threw me two bags of chips. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. You put that dollar in and get two bags of chips, you are doing a Jesus dance. Like, that's, that's terrible, right? Hashtag blessed. So what are these saying? The world says that we are blessed when things are going our way, right? Now, I agree that those types of things are blessings. I I love my kids. I don't know that I've ever written anything that flowery about my children as much as I like them, and I surely don't care that much about my grand doggy out there on the uh, West Coast uh, that just got shaved. But anyways, she did, man. She looks like a rat. Oh, speaking of, uh, be praying for my son-in-law. He's leaving right now today with his unit, and they are heading off to uh, Dubai for training for a month. And so he's going to have very limited contact with my daughter, who's three months pregnant. Let's just take a moment and pray for that unit. It's just training, but but still, Father God, we lift up Jaime and his unit of Marines. God, we thank you uh, for this platoon, God, for men and women that would lay down their lives for the sake of our country. God, we pray for protection and mercies as they would move around the world. God, I lift up my daughter that's home uh, by herself for a few m- for a month, God, and that you would be with her. And uh, God, be with Jaime as he takes this step uh, into service that he hasn't yet before. And, and God, we just thank you that you would bring him and his platoon home safely. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that. Um, I love little things to go my way. I really do. And I definitely get really mad when things don't go my way. Um, But we make the mistake when we think that we are most blessed when great things happen to and for us. Acts 20, 35, uh, the Apostle Paul teaches this. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. Hard work. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What's really interesting about that, and I forgot it even when I was looking it up, because I'm like, where does Jesus say it's more blessed to give than to, than to receive? He actually doesn't isn't quoted directly as saying it in, in anywhere else, like in the Gospels where he is speaking. This is the Apostle Paul who just knows what Jesus taught, which I think is really cool. It's just a little Bible trivia there. So you actually have somebody referencing something, so you're not seeing him speak it like in the moment. But so here's one of the known teachings of Jesus Christ saying it is better to give than to receive. The last two weeks we talked about giving and finances, and uh, those are life-changing messages of hope because money has such a grip and an impact on our lives. Uh, It will be a lifelong uh, battle, if you will, to put God first in that area and to experience and walk in in godly financial freedom. Financial freedom is not winning the lottery. You will find most lottery winners are quite miserable, and actually many of them go quite broke later. Um, And so so financial freedom isn't more money. Financial freedom is, is knowing the source regardless of what's coming in, all right? And so so uh, you can always catch up or re-listen to my beautiful voice again if you don't get enough on a Sunday morning. You can go to uh, picktownfc.com, that's our website, and uh, you can listen to our messages, which is pretty cool. But today's message is about serving. And I know that when I talk with people, I hear a lot of 
them wanting their lives to matter. I don't know of too many people that are really just in it for themselves. You come across these people, and they're sweet people, and, uh, and, and, and you, you tolerate them as necessary. But I would argue that most of the people that I come across, they really want, they want something to be different in the world uh, for, the, for the positive while they're here. Does that sound like a reasonable statement? I know that I do. Um, God has made each one of us with unique talents, uh, personalities. Uh, tell your neighbor, you're weird. Uh, because guess what? They are. Man, people freak me out. And yet I know that I freak people out. I, I make fun of people that are like high strung. And then I'm like, oh, I don't think I know anybody more high strung than myself. And so, uh, and that hurts. And so, so I know that I have, I'm wired with my own wild and weird list of abilities and and my wife is nodding she's about to come lift off the chair guess what she's got her own and when we ask Jesus into our hearts when we when we trust him to lead our lives and we surrender our hearts over to over to him he releases spiritual gifts inside of us it's the holy spirit just begins to move and to activate things in us and 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 that'd be a great set of teaching too and so like some people have a, get a gift just for hospitality. Some people a gift for mercy and different things. And, and basically what God does is he begins to open up things inside of you that are yours alone, your mix alone for a purpose. And so we get the most joy and make the biggest difference when we use our God-given talents, gifts, and abilities to build the church. Listen to Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Your mom's right. You're special right? You have your own special work to do. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of his love. We are supposed to help each other grow. And when we activate, when when we participate with the ways that, that God has designed us and built us and equip us, when we use those for his purposes, we're actually going to make the people around us stronger. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting wealth or influence. I, I, you know, I like to have things and nice things, but those aren't the end, end all be all. Some people think that their mark on this planet is just going to be left by the old uh, the bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys wins or, or whoever leaves the most endowments or whatever else. And I love it. I think wealthy people should share the wealth. And, and it's awesome when billionaires sponsor schools and, and help, you know, kids get computers or, or you know, third world countries get fresh water or something. I think all of that is wonderful. But the greatest legacy we can leave is somebody, and hopefully more than one somebody, growing stronger in their faith or coming to Jesus because of our lives. Uh, Earlier in Ephesians, it says that these gifts are given to the church. Um, Well, the church is given teachers like me, uh, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work to build the church. So here's where we got to get something straight. 
our work is not just to build this church as in the building and make it just a really awesome place. I, I like that. I want this church to look nice. I want it to feel welcoming. Um, I was so blessed when somebody this morning says, this is already a really nice place. And it is. We need to be grateful for it. Like, there's things I want to do. But where we make the mistake is if that's where we stop. It's like, and, and surely that's not for me to build my kingdom here or, or for us just to worry about the size of this church or congregation or things like that. What Jesus is talking about is that our purpose collectively is to build his church, capital C. And his church is his family. And so that's why we exist here is to welcome home people to God's family. Because if nobody ever comes into God's family here, we might be making existing parts of the family stronger, and we could argue that we're building up God's church. But I want to be both and. Are you guys with me? I want to be adding new people to God's family, and then while we're all here, let's get better at being his kids, right, and making each other stronger. So it seems that we've been given things for a purpose beyond ourselves. <coughs> then it makes sense that we're going to be most blessed. So I started off by saying that the world thinks that they are, you're most blessed when the best things are happening to you. And, yes, that feels really, really nice. I'm going to just say yes to that. But what, what God's word is saying is that we've been built for a higher purpose. So that means we're only going to feel truly most blessed when we begin to fulfill what he gave us to do. You guys with me? And so here are eight blessings we experience by serving others. And so uh, we've got plenty of things to do around here, but I want you to know why. It's not about just filling a gap. It's not about just okay, uh, that needs picked up or this needs painted, and so I'm just another I'm just another body along for the ride. Number one, serving allows us to discover and to develop our spiritual gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 compares the church to a human body, and just like our bodies have all kinds of different parts, they work in collaboration, or sometimes they don't work, and, and causes trouble for the rest, and but we need every part, right? And so, so the Bible continuously teaches that there's no one more important than another. Uh, just because I hold this, it actually gives me, in some ways, greater responsibility, but it's, it's sure, certainly not more value. My responsibility, it, it, that verse I just read, is to equip others so that they would step into their role. And so at, at best, I'm a teacher and an encourager, but when this place will really start humming is when people start uncorking these gifts and, and it just starts to, like how many of you guys like watching, some of you guys have been with us for a while and you've seen the difference in Dylan and Catherine leading worship over the last six months or so, right? You're seeing the gift come alive because they've been obedient to step out in it and it also requires somebody else to say go ahead you got this one that's hard to do sometimes because we like to do some things but 
I want to leave an impact. And so, so if I help train up a couple worship leaders, and we're going to be bringing in some other guest worship leaders down the way. We've had a young guy named Tyler coming in. I've got a, another Adam coming in that plays keyboards. He's from an, a French church. He's going to start coming in once a month and working with our team. But when this place starts, when you start to see different people crack into the gifts that God has given them and begin to share them with the rest of the group, you will see an explosion of life in this place that is so much bigger than one person ever could ever do it on their own. Um, so 1 Corinthians 12 compares the church to the human bodies. Alone, these pieces aren't very useful, but together we create something beautiful. So number one, serving allows you to discover and to develop your gifts. If you don't plug in and begin to use stuff, how are you going to grow? Just like everything we've, just like everything we all do, and we get good at. How did you get good at it? I remember, like, there are times when you you watch. Who was forced to take piano lessons as a kid? There's going to be a few hands in here. Okay, yes. And uh, and then either your parents stop because they're inconsistent, or you stop because you just were a brat about it and didn't want to participate. But then you watch somebody play the piano, and they're doing all the little, you know, I'll do that again just for you. And you're like, oh, man, if I could play like that. Well, that guy that plays like that started when you took your lessons as a kid and never stopped. And so you have to develop those things. You have to flex those muscles. Number two, Serving allows us to experience miracles. You're going to see miracles when you serve that others aren't going to participate with. What do I mean? The people that have blood, sweat, and tears into building this church are going to experience more of the miracles when they happen because they're going to say this, they're going to recognize them and the value is going to be greater to them because they are invested in the process, right? But the story that I'm going to reference is in John 2. It's actually Jesus' first miracle. Excuse me. It says that Jesus was at a wedding. They were running out of wine for his guests. He's in the back, and he's a good boy. His mom says, Jesus, do something. And it says that he turned the water into wine. But get this. Only the people behind the scenes serving saw the miracle. Everyone else just enjoyed the really good wine, apparently, because the one guest says, you saved the best for last. Usually they would save the swill for after everybody was trashed. I'm speaking the truth. But who saw the miracle? servants did so when you're behind the scenes and you see what really goes into something you realize like I'm so close to this project obviously that I know that I can't take credit for this that's what I mean by that and so when you're a part of it uh, and and obviously we love visitors well thank you all for coming today but you will truly see the miracles in this place by being a part of the team uh, number three, serving allows us to experience the joy 
and peace that comes from obedience. We touched on this the last couple weeks uh, with finances. True peace in your finances is only ever going to come when you're being fully obedient to God. I can't say it any other way. So if you want peace in your finances, you have to be obedient to God's plan for finances. Guess what? That applies to every other area too. And so, so when you're obedient to serve, peace enters your life. Why? Because you're doing what he asked you to do. How could, how could you be in trouble if you're doing what he wants you to do? So there's a rest in knowing, kind of like when we got this building, I had some anxiety and I was worried about making the right decision on where our church would go and, and not wanting to get it wrong. Well, he kind of made the decision for us. So, so by being obedient and coming here, there's a peace attached to it because I know that I'm doing what he wants. Um, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Serving is a form of worship, a way to express gratitude for what Jesus has done for us and to share the love and grace that we've been given. So we have a, we have a, a command by one of the early apostles. It says that use whatever you've been given, whatever you've been given for God. And, and give it away. Um, and and you're, gonna, you're doing it out of a gratitude for what God has done for you. Uh, number four, serving helps us to be more like Jesus. We shift our focus off of ourselves and onto others when we serve. Would you say that Jesus is selfless or selfish? Ding, 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 ding. This is an easy one. This is like the one all the kids in Sunday school get right. So serving puts our attention on to other people, which Jesus was perfect at. And so when we are serving, we're actually putting our attention there, which takes our heart and makes it look more like Jesus. And so the more you give to other people, the more you're going to be like Jesus because that's how he lived his entire life. And get this, the Bible actually says, that we need to serve people like they are Jesus. So picture, uh, like at my parents' house, they have a whole lot more people over for dinner than I do. And if you are a guest at my parents' house, or if it's your birthday, you get to eat, go through the line first. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. And... And so, so like one meal a year, I'm like at the front of the line, like, woo. And, and one thing you'll notice is that my dad always goes through the line last, except for his birthday. We make him eat first that day. But when you have a guest in your home or you're honoring somebody, this is where we've been in, in, this, in this series, you're giving to them first. How would it look if you invited somebody that you were honoring, uh, your boss, uh, uh, an older relative, or, or who knows? And you sit down to dinner, and you just load up your plate. Oh, oh, here you go, right? Of course not, right? And so, so when we see Jesus in other people, 
that brings up the urge and a natural des- we're, we're basically teaching our minds and our hearts why we should treat people like they should be and and so <coughs> excuse me Matthew 25:40 says this and the king will say I tell you the truth when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters you were doing it to me And so our call to serve the poor, our call to love our neighbor, our call to reach out uh, with a a meal for somebody that we know is going through a hard time or welcoming a new neighbor uh, to the neighborhood or whatever, God says, "You've, you've done it to me. Pretty cool. Number five, serving, this is a fun one, serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. So we're not supposed to live this life of faith alone. You're absolutely not supposed to. And here's the deal. And and I've said this before about like things like Bible studies and and home groups. You are just scratching the surface by coming on Sunday morning. That feeling, that awesome feeling we had during greeting time. Somebody else tell me how awesome that felt this morning. That felt pretty awesome. That's supposed to be a part of our faith. We're supposed to feel like we're in a fellowship with other people connected to us, connected to the throne of God, living lives of faith together. It's what it's supposed to be. And so it, it's not just making me feel good to if you start to come to a Bible study or, or like you're checking off a box. It's, it's so that you're there just as much for the other people as you're there for yourself. And so serving together is so much fun when we're working side by side with other people a bond forms i can tell you that all of us are closer up here on stage for working together huh we're getting some interesting stuff back there um poor Catherine, she's led worship with me for like 10 years and and she won't and she and she still puts up with me it's crazy um but we know each other and because of our time serving together. And so this was part of God's plan for how the church is supposed to work. That's why Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 instructs us to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. So here's the deal. Are you going to lose your faith by sitting at home on a Sunday morning? I don't believe you are but I can guarantee you're not going to build it. And so you isolate yourself, you leave yourself separate, and you don't identify with the the larger group, and then it stays their church, and I'm going to go visit. That's why I love the moment when Pastor Adam's church or family church becomes when somebody says, this is my church. That is a moment that is so beautiful in the spirit uh, that God loves because it means you've you've attached yourself to a local part of God's family and until you do you are essentially kind of in your own orbit and you may not be doing it to be selfish or be or doing it to be estranged you might just be strange but it's not ideal and it's not healthy so you're, we're supposed to be here. That's why it says don't forsake the assembly. 
is because there's something that happens when we worship together. There's something that happens when we serve together. Now here's number six. Serving increases our faith. As we move out of our comfort zones, God increases our faith. I see this on mission trips every time. I see the meek and the mild turn into just crazy people. You get up, you you get in a place, and it's almost like there's there's uh, there's less in, uh, inhibitions to to just turn loose into what God has you there to do. We were in Mexico last year, a small group of us, and I watched just about every person step up and share their story about how God has has come into their life in front of groups of people. And that's not. There's usually like coming up here and doing what I do. This comes naturally to me because, like I said, I'm weird. But it's usually like at the highest fear for like a lot of people. And so I'm watching people open up and share their lives with kids and with uh, we went to a, a ladies ministry that was a recovery program and watched people share their hearts with complete strangers. And I watched their faith grow because they were serving others. Right. When we see what he can do, when his power is at work within us, we begin looking for doors he's opening rather than pushing our way through the ones he's closed. I stole that. You got to hear this again. This is so good. When we see what he can do, when his power is at work within us, we begin looking for the doors he's opening rather than pushing our way through the ones he's closed. When you begin to operate in faith, when you begin to give your gifts to him, you start to look for opportunities. And when you're not, you're just kind of, you just keep beating the same drum. Not to make fun of drummers, Chris, sorry. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or, or think. God has done this amazing thing where he's taken his power and he's decided to use us as the conduit for it, as the, as the channel for it. And so if, if we won't give, we've, we've added resistance. If we won't serve, we've added resistance. And so God, when we come to him, he is just ready. The power's there. He's not just wanting you to beg for it or anything like that. He says, ask. Right? And so all of heaven's resources are available to be run through us, and yet it's like hitting this wall until we begin to let the things go through us. Why should you give? So that God can crank it up through you. Why should you serve? so that God can crank it up through you. It's about being an open door for God to use you. And when you say yes to serving, you're doing that. Uh, number seven, serving allows us to experience, I did tell you there are only eight. Some people are like, where's he going? Like, we're going to 50 today. Eight, okay, we're almost there. Cracker Barrel will still be open. Number seven, serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Let me tell you something. The closest I've felt to God is when I am giving my life away. 
either in worship to him where I'm just, Lord, it's yours, it's yours. But even more often when I'm pouring out onto somebody else. Encouragement and healing go hand in hand. As we encourage others and they find healing, we're encouraged. Uh, we're encouraged. Uh, there are studies, even by secular uh, psychiatrists, that if they can get somebody depressed that's suffering with depression, if they can get them to do something for others, no prescription. Actually, some of them are prescribing this, but not another medication, which might be needed, but here's your prescription. Do something for somebody else. I'm not saying like you're just struggling with selfishness, but you are in a cloud that has you contained, and one of the ways out of that is to say, I'm going to give myself away even though I feel like garbage. And what the Word of God is telling us is that he sees that as a very precious gift. I believe that. And so it's the reason so many people who go on mission trips say they come home feeling like they received more than they gave. I've been on, I don't know, 12, 15, like week or so long mission trips. I've never come back feeling like, what did I do that for? Or, man, it, they're so much better off now that I visited. Oh, yeah. They, they probably need me to come back. No. I've come back from every trip I've done like that, usually where God has gotten another piece of my heart. Number eight, serving is good for your soul. Studies have shown that volunteering is so good for the mind and body that it can ease symptoms of stress and depression. Tapping into our gifts and passions builds self-confidence, energy, and strength. Serving others can also be the best distraction from our own worries. Okay, so real quick, we make all sorts of rational explanations for not serving. I don't have time. I don't know what I would do. I don't have any special skills to contribute. They don't need me. You ever felt like that? God doesn't just want to work through you. He wants to work in you. So let's uh, work through some of the reasons why we don't. Time. Uh, time is like money. We never have enough, and we always want more. Um, but even more so uh, in, in unique from, from even money is that we all get the same. Now, we, mo we don't know how long our life will be, so that might, that's going to vary. But my 24 hours is the same as yours. My hours are the same as yours and down to the second, right? Everyone gets the same 24 hours. Last week we learned that giving to, a God, giving to God is obedience, but giving first is faith. Watch God bless the rest of your time when you make time to serve. I mentioned yesterday that coming to church is, is a bit of a tithe because you are giving God the first of your week. Some people see Sunday morning as the leftovers from their week, and, and, and if you wonder why somebody's home this morning, it's because they've got nothing left to give. But I see Sunday morning as the beginning of my week, and I'm going to give it to God because, well, <laughs> I'd be fired. But long before, long before I had to, and by the way, I feel like I get to. Church was how I started my week. 
and I could feel it when I didn't take my family. Uh, we got we got kind of sloppy in attendance. We moved to the west side of Columbus for a little bit. Uh, Trinity was still our home church, so it became farther away, about a 45, you know, 55-minute drive. Boo, let me call an ambulance, you know. But it becomes easier to say, ah. you had a crying little kid or two, becomes easier. And there's times where you just got to call no joy and say, "This we're staying home, kids. We're going to watch somebody on TV preach and, and, and tell Adam we're sorry. I don't say it to condemn you. What I say is that this is there's freedom in giving God first. Um, how about this? Uh, I don't know what I would do. Start by jumping in and meeting a need. I know so many people uh, that, that are waiting for the perfect opportunity to fit for their perfect set of skills, and that may never, I mean, that could take years in a church like this where we're just getting started, and, and there's just a few basic things that we need done, but man, do they need to be done. Try different things, and when you try different things, you will figure out what God wired you for. It might take you five minutes down in the nursery, and you'd be like, it ain't working with babies. Uh, but those babies need us. But seriously, you're going to figure out what God wired you for. Uh, how about this one? I don't have any special skills. Man, so many people stay away from serving because they don't feel like they have anything to give. I have never found a person yet that can't be useful to the kingdom of God. Absolutely not. And it doesn't matter because you're, then you're telling somebody uh, that that means if you had a dis, uh, disability of some sort, mental or otherwise, can they give something? Absolutely. And so so for you, for for most of us that that have, you know, everything functioning physically or 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 mostly mentally. Um, there's no reason. Step in and, and guess what? You're not. Those aren't needed just to help. Some things just we really just need people that are happy to serve and, and do something. And guess what? We love to teach people. Here's this one. They don't need me. This is why reason number one was reason number one is because this is a body. This church, family church, is one piece of the larger one. But still, we will only be as effective as our collective health. And so the only way we can run together is if we're all moving. The church is like a body and every part is needed. The family, can o family church can only be as effective as our combined effort. As I close, I want to mention one area that needs uh, needs attention. And and um, I joked about the nursery, but we've got a grand opening on March 25th. It's Palm Sunday. I believe with all my heart that God has placed us here. I, I've, I've never been more sure of, of, of many things. Um, and so I know that we're called to make a difference in our community. And there's a few things that really matter to people when they're coming into a place like this. Uh, the first I think we're really good at so far, and we need to stick to it, and that is that people feel loved when they walk in the door. Um, a second thing would just be that things feel like you care. And so we're going to tighten up the little things that say, you know, it matters that people are coming in. Just like uh, you might go a little crazy when companies coming over, we should have that type of gut check uh, on before church services, right? 
um, because we, we want, we're expecting somebody new to come in, and that's an exciting thing. Surveys will say that the preaching, you just have to be, it, it, it's so far down on the list, it, it's, it kind of depresses me. Music has to be good. The kids have to be taken care of. The kids have to be loved. They have to be safe. And they get the, we have the privilege of teaching kids about Jesus. We have an amazing children's director, Nicole. And if you see her this morning, it's her birthday. So tell her happy birthday today. But there's something else I want you to tell her. I want you to tell her that you, I want you to tell her that you're willing to help. We've run into a struggle with keeping two classrooms filled, and I believe that when we get running through this year that we're supposed to have three running. She is she just worries about this constantly. And then on top of it is we have people that are scheduled to serve and then they don't show up on time. All we ask is that, is that if you can is to give a Sunday a month down for the Ninos. But when you're there, you come early by 10 o'clock. You're ready to work through the curriculum that you've been given because you're not here for you. You're here to be a part of that body so that the body can effectively minister to the people that we've been called to minister to. I don't believe that Nicole should worry about who was working next Sunday. Are you guys with me on that? This is something we have to own as a church if we're going to move forward into, into what God has called us. I'm 100% convicted about this, if you can't tell. Uh, can we stand as we close this morning? Father God, I thank you for this word, God. God, I thank you that you have given us things inside of us, a unique set of skills, a unique set of gifts, a unique way of seeing the world, a unique way of seeing people when they walk in the door. And so, God, I'm going to see things that somebody else isn't going to see, and they're going to see things that I'm not going to see. God, I'm going to be good at something that somebody else isn't, and they're going to be good at something that I'm not good at. And, God, the last thing you want is for me to feel bad about what I can't do or what somebody can do better. You've called me to give out of what you've given me. And that's my greater purpose. And God, I thank you that I feel most blessed when I'm pouring my life out for others. And it's no wonder because you set the ultimate example when you carried a cross up a hill for all of us. So the greatest moment in eternity is when the one who was perfect laid down his life for all those who weren't. And so, God, we thank you for the privilege of serving. God, would we be a church that doesn't shrink back from being a part of the body? God, I pray that this would be a place of health, 
God, that this would be a place of love and of joy and where needs are being met. God, we thank you for every good thing that you want to do in this place. God, we lift up our kids' ministry. We lift up our hospitality ministry at the front. We lift up our worship team. We lift up all that happens in this place. And God, we thank you for those that have said yes to the call of serving. For your glory and for the sake of others. If you've never said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never said yes to repenting for your sins and coming home to God and you are ready for that moment today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. It's what we're primarily here for. But then part of our mission statement is that welcome home to God's plan. Starting to serve is when you begin to walk in accordance with the plan that he has for your life. Because his plan for your life isn't all about you or me. His plan for you is going to be fully realized when you give your life away. If God, if you feel that call this morning and you're ready to take a step of faith and say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm coming off the bench. If that's you this morning, I want, I want you to raise your hand where you're at and I'm going to agree with you that you've, you're, you're making a decision to be, to be a part of the team. I see that hand. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Father God, we thank you for this word of hope. God, we thank you that you served us first. And we thank you for the privilege of serving others. Take our hearts and use them, Lord. It's the best thing that we can give away. Let's worship this morning. Smile.